Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here. And we're live. We're live on Podbean Live. If you head over to the Podbean app, or I believe you could even do it on the, the web browser too, search for us there and, and um, you could, you know, talk sports to me here. Um, but usually I like to kick it off with uh, telling you guys, head over to staytunesports.net. So that way you can find our social accounts, social media accounts, whether it's Twitter or um, Facebook and all that stuff. Um, I shared the link out for this pod being live on our Twitter account. So anybody that was on there that saw the link could click it and come over here and then talk. Um, Lots to talk about today. Um, First, I just want to kick it off with a little update on the Belly Up iRace series that has been going on. Um, past two weeks this past week I didn't get to watch it live but the wonderful thing about YouTube is you go back to it the next day and watch the replay of it and Stay Tuned Sports team had a awesome week this week with two cars in the top three uh, spots and then our other two cars were 14th and 15th but Coming in first was Brian Mercuro, and then obviously our wonderful friend Scott Crump, number 51, came in third place. And right from the get-go, though, was really intense race, I would say. I mean, non-stop, um, pushing each other. And there was even some times that uh, Scott Crump was actually number two right behind Brian. And... After the race, you know, they interviewed Brian and um, Scott and basically said, you know, they, they were kind of trading back and forth as far as using their stuff up, you know, tires, gas, things like that. But really good race. Um, as far as our other two racers, unfortunately, kept getting caught up in some of the wrecks that did happen. And the last, I would say about three, four laps of the race was um, pretty good. What Scott was, I believe, in fourth going into the last lap and was able to pass the car in front of him to take over third place. Um, with how Belly Up is running this too, so obviously points go to the you know winner, second place, third place, but it's also a team-oriented point system too. And we went from... I believe we were like fourth or so in points from week one all the way up to second 
place so far. And another strong outing with, um, I forget where they're going next week. I think it's Dover. I think that's what Scott told me they were going to, uh, which is one of his top racetracks. So maybe, hopefully, we could pull out another good outing and take over first place going into the last race. So just remember, head over to Belly Up Sports TV over on YouTube uh, every Monday at 9.30 Eastern Time is the races. And like I said, it's a very entertaining race. I'm not big into NASCAR. I think iRacing is a lot more entertaining than watching NASCAR on TV. And even the announcers are, are really good at it as well. Um, so, Doc Emmerich, voice of the NHL, if you want to call it that, commentators, announced his retirement this past week. Earlier in the week, I, I should say. And I didn't really realize this. And this might be because I really only got into hockey, following hockey, just a few years ago. Um, he's been announcing for over 50 years. He, he did 15 years with the NHL games, whether it's on NBC or NBC Sports, Stanley Cup Finals, all that stuff. And he also was the announcer for 21 seasons for the New Jersey Devils, our good friend King's favorite team. Um, also, obviously, the, the voice in all the NHL video games. And I'll tell you what, you know, just watching, you know, Wednesday Night Rivalry or, you know, whichever ones he'd be calling, he put so much emotion into the calls. Um, I was trying to find, like, a, a good clip to play for you guys to show you just how, how well he called games, very fair, biased, but I, I just couldn't find one that would give the best, you know, best one out there. I mean, you just go on YouTube and, and you can find them, but it's almost like he was one of those, definitely one of the fans, but when a team scored, it was like you, you thought he was fans, a fan of that team. But then the other team was scoring, he screamed just as much. Just as loud. And, you know, so when I was reading about this, uh, about his retirement and everything, and some of the quotes and things of that nature, I found it very interesting that during this pandemic, when he was calling the, uh, the playoff games, NBC actually created a home studio so he could call the game from his house. Which I, I thought was pretty cool because when the playoffs started off, um, you know, for me, example, I was watching the, the Flyers and the Flyers announcers were actually at Wells Fargo Arena calling the game, watching it on TV. And here's Doc Emmerich at home, probably in his pajamas, calling these playoff games. Another thing, another cool thing about him, too, was um, some of the awards he won. You know, his, re his resume included 22 Stanley Cup Finals, winning eight Sports Emmy Awards for play-by-play, -play, including seven straight from 2014 to 2020. I mean, that's, you know, you, uh, obviously you hear Emmys, you think of, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy movies or, um, you know, the Avenger movies or all, all those big priced items. But all these smaller type of awards, you don't really hear until the next day you read in a paper. But... To win seven straight award, Emmy awards just shows you how 
great of an announcer he he was. Now I, I don't believe they have a NBC has a replacement yet or NHL hockey has a replacement yet, but it's definitely gonna be different. And whoever they tap as his replacement has a big shoes to fill. So, Doc, enjoy your retirement. Well deserved. And just enjoy it, buddy. Thank you for all the memories and all the, the sayings you gave to us. So, next next uh, topic I want to talk about was um, Conor McGregor. You know, surprise, surprise. No bad news yet. Came out and tweeted this past week that he has accepted Dustin Poirier's January 23rd fight but did say he wants to have it at AT&T Stadium in Texas where they could hold fans now a couple weeks ago I talked about how um, Connor and Dustin did agree over Twitter there's no agreement signed the UFC has not even contacted Dustin yet I, I saw yesterday um but Connor contacted Dustin a couple weeks ago. Said, "Let's do a charity event, charity sparring event." You know, I want to fight a couple times this year. Hasn't happened as I planned, and I'll donate. You know, the money. You know, this, that, and the other thing. And I said, "I hope UFC don't get their hands in it." Unfortunately, UFC did. Um, Dana White came out and said January twenty third. Even though Connor wanted to fight this year Dana said all the fight cards for the rest of the year are set we can't you know, can't move them around which is kind of funny because you know Connor used to be the golden boy for Dana White but he's probably still butthurt over Connor releasing all those text messages of showing of how Dana was not giving Connor fights but he said if he wants to fight January 23rd is going to have to be the day so I think the next um obstacle that these two fighters have to do is figure out what weight class which Dana came out and said doesn't make any sense I saw a headline that said Dana said uh, uh, doesn't make any type of sense to set this fight at 170 pounds because Connor wants to make it 170 pounds to say hey I won a couple fights in a row here um if I win this fight, I want the winner of Habib or Gaethje. And that's not right. And I said that when I believe um, he fought Cowboy back in January. If you fight 170, you fight for the 170 belt. You can't rip off 6-7 wins at 170 and then jump right over all the guys, other guys that are doing the weight cuts, doing it the right way. For a 155 title shot. That's even if, let's just say Habib wins this weekend, if Habib will agree to a, another rematch. Now Dustin, he's a very good fighter. Okay, he's, he's probably one of the better, if not the best boxer, in that division. But I hope Connor's not overlooking him because. It kind of, you know, even Connor kind of admitted to it that the reason why he wants to fight Dustin is Dustin's a southpaw, 
Manny Pacquiao, who he has talked about wanting to box recently, is a southpaw, so he wants to use Dustin as a, in a way, I guess, a, a sparring partner. Well, this is a real UFC fight. There's, you know, quite a lot on the line for, for both fighters. I mean, just think about it. So, yeah, okay, Cowboy uh, got defeated by Connor. Yes, he's over the hill, but it's still a big name. If Connor beats Dustin, I don't think he should, but he'll probably get the you know title shot against either Justin Gaethje or Habib. And on the flip side, if Dustin beats Connor, how many you know how close is he to a another title shot? Now the other the other thing too about this fight is if Dustin does beat Connor. You really look back at the past couple years with Connor that he Cowboy was the only one that he has won, you know. If you want to count the Floyd Mayweather fight, obviously he didn't win that one. He didn't win against Habib. He really hasn't won, you know, recently. So if he were to lose against Dustin, does that tarnish his quote legacy I think it kind of does because again you know he hasn't really done anything since before Habib now Connor you know seems like he kind of turned over a new leaf here and everything I mean he just said he still will donate $500,000 to um, Dustin's charity and also, UFC has not even commented on Connor um, fighting Manny Pacquiao because either they would have to sign off okaying it or they would have to be part of the promotion to be able to fight you know, each other. So, kind of do something kind of different here. I usually get my... Um, UFC picks at the end, but we got our blue picks later. So I'm thinking about doing our UFC picks now. Um, this Saturday, you know, it's it's not a Saturday night fight. It's uh, main card actually starts at 2 p.m. in the afternoon this this uh, this Saturday, which is a little different. But it's over in Ubi, Abu Dhabi. I don't know why I said Ubi, but Abu Dhabi. And it's a pretty good card, I, I actually think. You know, I don't think it's that bad of a card. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the the main card here, real quick, so I can give the picks. But um, I don't believe it's still on. But the the fight that was supposed to kick off the main card was Ion Kulaba versus Megomed Ankalev. I believe that's how you say his last name. Um, this fight has been reworked, rematched, all that type of stuff from their first fight. The first fight, Ion, you know, he took a punch. He acted like he was hurt, but really he wasn't because he took a couple more punches, and, and that's when the ref stepped in and just kind of snapped out of it. 
you know, like, and starts screaming at the ref, you know, what are you doing? I was just playing possum, this and that. So they've been trying to do the rematch, and I believe Ion tested positive for COVID um, late last week or earlier this week. So I'm not even sure if that, that fight is still on to kick off the main card. But let's say they don't replace that card. Um, you have Lauren Mart Murphy versus Leila Sakharova. Um, then we have Phil Hayes versus Jacob Malkoon. Heavyweight division, we have Alexander Volkov versus Walt Harris. The co-main event is Robert Whitaker versus Jared Conier. Uh, and then obviously the main card is Habib versus Justin. So Lauren Murphy versus Laya, uh, 125 pound division. Um, going with Lauren, Lauren Murphy here. Don't think I've seen Sakarova fight before, so I mean, I'm kind of guessing blindly here. After them, Phil Hayes versus Jacob Nakhon. Um, going Phil Hayes here. Eight and two. Jacob looks like he's a a prospect who's four and zero. Oh. So I mean, he could get the upset there, but I think Phil Hayes is going to win that one. Heavyweight division, I think this is going to be a really good fight. Alexander Volkov versus Walt Harris. I'm hoping for Walt Harris to pull through because, you know, let's not forget his last fight was a very emotional fight. It was his first fight since finding out about his stepdaughter being murdered. And I'm hoping, you know, he, he pulled this through. He's a good fighter, big-hearted guy. But Alexander Volkov is just very powerful heavyweight. I mean, Walt Harris is too, but I think Volkov is going to knock Harris out. But I'll still be pulling for Harris. Co-main event, we got Robert Whitaker versus Jared Conier. I think Robert Whitaker taking that little bit of time off uh, before his last fight helped him. And I'm going with him again. I, I think he's clear-minded and ready to get back into a, a title uh, shot here. Then for the, the main event, Habib versus Justin Gaethje. Um... Part of me wants Habib to win, so we do get that rematch against Connor. Really see if Connor, you know, is going to train um, focused and all that stuff that he keeps saying that he wasn't last time. But part of me thinks Justin's going to win. If it stays on the feet, Justin's going to win. If Habib is able to clinch him up, he'll he'll drown him. And I think Habib. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think Habib's going to get take one. He's going to have to take one or two punches to to get in close to take him down. I think he's willing to do that, and I think that's going to be what the game plan is going to be. So I'm I'm going to Habib here with the win and um, retaining retaining his title. So on to some NFL talk here. Tennessee Titans. And the COVID. So last week and the week before, Titans kind of wrecked havoc on the NFL by keep testing positive. Had to have games, some you know, moved around and everything like that by the NFL. NFL got done with their investigation. Titans are still waiting for the official word on if there's going to be a fine or not. But rumor is that they will face discipline 
but is not expected to be severe as some thought it might be when the investigation first started. And here is what the source was saying about the, the possible um, fines and things of that nature. They don't believe there was an intent, just negligence. And being that there's no intent, they're not going to be too, too severe punishments as far as like draft picks taken or um, suspensions. It's just mostly going to be fines. Here's what I don't understand. If this is true, because like I said, as of this recording right now, there hasn't been no fines handed down yet or, or, or any type of punishment. There should be no gray area of, oh, okay, they, they didn't intend to get sick, but they just were, you know, negligent. You had 24 members of the organization test positive between September 24th and October 11th. I don't care if they did, oops, I forgot to slide my mask up over my nose. It wreaked havoc for those, for that week or two on games. And this goes for all the NFL teams, I should say, that are testing positive. Okay, one or two, you know, that's going to happen. When you got 24 players and personnel testing positive, someone's fucking up. And the hammer should be handed down on the club. Uh, let's not forget, two of the players, while the facilities, Tennessee Titans facilities, were on lockdown, were shut down, no one could go in or out, two of the players went to their old high school to train with each other. They weren't even supposed to be in contact with each other because of this the, the, the shutdown. So how are you telling me that you can't suspend those two players or find those two players millions of dollars. All it takes is one person to get sick and then restart us all over again. So, I mean, I, I hope NFL changes its its mind and actually does. I don't know about draft picks, but suspensions I think definitely should come down on top of fines. But you know Roger Goodell, he's not going to do it. Thursday night football, tomorrow night, the King James belt comes back. And for any new listeners out there, the King James belt is me and our old co-host, King, who likes the Giants, our little rivalry that we got going. I've had the King James belt for a few years now. Um, I believe King even brought it up to me that the last time the Giants beat the Eagles was four or five years ago. So we're, we got a pretty good streak going, but this may be a dumpster fire of a game. Eagles are 1-4-1. Giants just won their first game, a two-point win over the Washington uh, football team. And... It's not good. Um, just the Eagles alone. Last week's game against the Ravens. Yes, they lost by two. But there was only two offensive starters that finished that game that were projected to be starters. And that was uh, Carson Wentz 
and Jason Kelsey. And to be able to come back and almost win the game against, against the Ravens, which is a very good team, is impressive. You know, you got guys like Travis Fulgham, who was on a practice squad, um, and our practice squad as well, just a couple weeks ago. You have Greg Ward, who was a practice squad member last year. Miles Sanders is hurt now. He's out for a week or two. Zach Ertz injured his ankle. He's out for three or four weeks. So who's Carson going to be thrown to? Well, as of right now, Deshaun Jackson reportedly is supposed to be coming back. You have Travis Fulkham, Greg Ward, J.J. Targi-Whiteside, whatever his name is. I mean, if he scored more touchdowns, then I'd be able to hear his name a little bit better. And the only way he scored touchdowns the past week was he was just in the right place at the right time. Um, Miles Sanders, 74-yard run. Um, Quiz Watkins. And I forget who the other guy, but who are these guys? You know? And the other thing I was also thinking about this past... um, this past week was Carson Wentz to me with this team with who we put around him is the new Randall Cunningham or Donovan McNabb before T.O. Who were their receivers before they got good? Or the team I should say got good. You know, Fred Barnett, Calvin Williams. Okay, let's let's be honest. Fred Barnett and Calvin Williams were like a number two and a number three receiver at best. Um, McNabb, before T.O., you had like James Thrash, Todd Pinkston, Freddie Mitchell, all guys who just made the team because we didn't have anybody else. And here we are. Same thing with Carson Wentz. You know... At first, I was like, you know, with our record, if it keeps going this way, Doug Peterson's going to be fired after this year. And I don't think I'd be right. Because he doesn't have the power of signing the players he needs to put a good good offense out there. Is his play calling questionable? Yes, it is. But if he had better players, maybe those plays would execute better. And maybe it would open up stuff. Speaking of that, Jalen Hurts. Now, you guys know I've been against that second-round pick for how long now? But I got to admit, when he gets in there, seems like that offense starts moving a little bit, and that's what really got this offense going this past week. The first half, I think we had like eight total yards of offense. Now, Jalen didn't play at all in the first half. Could not get anything going. Could not get any passes going. Brought Jalen in. I think he played like four or five snaps in the second half, and that offense got moving and got, like I said, close enough to almost winning the match or the, the, the game. We would have won the game, I believe, if Peterson didn't go for those two. That two. If he would have went for the one, it probably would have changed the outcome of the game. Because you know, play calls. Um, maybe he wouldn't have gone for the 52-yard field goal that Jake Elliott missed. And for everybody screaming, oh, you know, that's back-to-back weeks. Jake Elliott missed 50-plus-yard field goals. 
that's still tough range. Okay, that's a 50 plus yard field goal is not the norm. The norm is like 35 to 40 yard field goals. If you're missing those consistently, okay, then talk to me about cutting Elliott. But he's won a lot of big games for us, especially against the Giants, with 50 plus yard field goals. So comment down a little bit with you know cutting him as well. Stop worrying about cutting everybody. Otherwise, we're having we're not gonna have any teams. But this goes back to you know, I, I bring it up all the time. Who is responsible for this roster? And it's Howie Roseman. You know, Carson is starting to play better. He's cutting down on the turnovers. I mean, granted, he's still leading the league in interceptions, but that's mostly because of the first three weeks of the season. But you look at the draft that Howie did, does. When's the last time we had... When has he ever drafted a good receiver? When has he drafted, other than Wentz, a good player? Yes, we got Miles Sanders in the second round, but I'm talking about first rounds. You know, Jalen Rager, still way too early to say if he is the guy or not. I mean, he he was hurt off and on before the season and, and, and as the season started. Offensive line, there's no depth there. I mean, we're signing guys just to put put in there. I mean, Jerron Brown, we just released today after... I don't know how I missed this one. I saw the one play. He, the play's still going on, and he's standing in the middle of the field adjusting his gloves. These are the guys that, that Howie Roseman are signing off the streets instead of trying to either make a trade for better linemen um, I know there was a Patriots lineman in the offseason we were linked to possibly trading for. Why not open that up? Trade them Al- Alshon Jeffrey. You know, this is Alshon Jeffrey, the same guy that was supposed to be ready by week one because his rehab was, was going so well. And here he, he's out again against the Jets. And uh, I'm telling you guys right now, if he does come back and if he's still on this team, he better not take snaps away from... Fulgham. I mean, the kid plays, and he's tall. He could get some jump balls, just like Jeffrey used to be able to. Deshaun, I'm just hoping that he could make some plays without getting hurt. But definitely, this is probably the last year you can see Deshaun Jackson in an Eagles jersey, as well as, as Jeffrey, too. But as far as tomorrow night with the Giants... I mean, you got to think the Eagles will win this. Defensively, we're playing really well, except for Nate Gary, who I guess thinks we're playing flag football and doesn't want to tackle people. As long as no team attacks our linebacking core, we could shut down offenses. Our front line is doing really well, leads the league in sacks. Just our linebackers suck. Going back to Howie, when's the last time we drafted a good linebacker had to be Jeremiah Trotter you know um, Hicks was a good linebacker for us but how we let him walk to Arizona so I really think if this keeps going the way it's going how we may be out of a job at least I hope he will be out of a job 
at the end of the, the, the season, if not right after the season. So before we go, we have our blue picks. And here is your blue picks of the week, brought to you by Skunk Duck Studios, the best ducking designs on the web. That's right. So last week wasn't that good for me as far as my blue picks. Um, I think I went two and I think I went one and two. This week, hopefully, a little bit better. Just a reminder. Our blue picks are our blowouts, locks, and upset picks. Blowouts are when a team wins by nine points or more. Lock is obviously a guaranteed win. Upset is when a team is an underdog by five and a half points or more and wins. So this week for my blowout pick, I got the Bills over the Jets. Bills favored by 13. They're also looking to snap a two-game losing streak, and what better way than to get the Jets here? Um... They they look they make hot garbage that's on fire in a dumpster look like Kim Kardashian. I don't know if everybody still thinks she's hot, but I'm just saying that the Jets are terrible, and they you know now you got the head coach fighting with the defense coordinator. Sam Darnold's getting his ass kicked every play. I think the Bills come in pissed off and blow them out by at least three scores. My lock pick this week is the Chiefs over the Broncos. Chiefs favored by nine and a half. Broncos have the potential to be a good team. Just not this year, I think. At least not yet. Not against the Chiefs. Chiefs are just overpowering, you know, when it comes to their manpower with Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey. I mean, you try to cover one guy, two other guys get open. Try to cover those two, five other people get open. You know, it just, it's going to be a brutal mess, I, I believe, this game. And I believe the Chiefs are going to blow them out just like the um, just like the Bills over the Jets, too. Then my upset pick, I have the Bears over the Rams. Uh, Rams are favored by five and a half. Nick Foles finally playing well for a team that is not the Eagles. You know, he didn't do that well in St. Louis. He was okay in Kansas City when he came in. Obviously won us the Super Bowl and put up decent numbers. And reason one reason why I think the Bears win is I'm just I've never been sold on Goff. I think he's overrated. I think the Rams screw themselves by giving him that big contract. And now they're stuck with it. Now, I keep seeing something, too, kind of, you know, doing a Eagles-Nick Foles thing relations here. If the Eagles win the division and Nick Foles, or uh, the Bears win their division, there's a potential Eagles versus Bears wild card round. Carson Wentz versus Nick Foles. What better way to put that rivalry 
you know, which quarterback is better to sleep, get the monkey off your back wins type thing, than to beat the Bears in a wild card round. So I think that's going to be it for this week. Um, like I said, I want to thank everybody that came on uh, Podbean Live to uh, talk a little here, listen to me here. Um, I'm going to try to do this a little bit more often now. Um, head over to staytunesports.net. On the right-hand side is all our social media accounts. And don't forget the Belly Up Race Series, four-part race series. Third week is coming up this Monday, 9.30. Head over to YouTube, Belly Up Sports TV. Till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo, signing out.